Welcome to a special episode of Unmarvelous, a podcast about two millennials watching the Marvel movies for a very first time. I am Graham. I'm Amy. So, Amy. Amy. Yes. Guess what? Get, uh, what? We have just finished the first phase of the MCU. Yes. This is like a milestone. Big time stuff. Big time stuff. And I thought, well, we both thought, I'm not in charge of this shebang, but we thought we should try to split up something in between all the phases just to be kind of like fun. You know, a little fun. Fun. A little fun thing. A little fun. When we were researching doing this project to begin with, we found there were a lot of really weird, obscure superhero movies that were never really released widespread. So, today, listeners, is side quest number one. We are going to be talking about Captain America, the made-for-TV movie from 1979. Beep, beep, beep. So I think the idea is that after every phase, we're going to be doing one of these side quest episodes, like a bonus episode. And boy, boy, oh boy. Oh boy. There is a well to choose from. Okay, so before we get started, just a little bit of information about this movie itself. So, like we said, it was from 1979. Um, It wasn't released theatrically. It was a made-for-TV movie uh, that was made by Universal TV, and it first premiered on CBS. The one thing I don't know, however, I don't think this was part of a, a TV series. Like, sometimes they would do like a movie that would be like the first couple episodes combined because it was just kind of nice to have like that origin story, you know? Because I know they did the same thing with the Gargoyles TV show. They made a movie of it and it was really just like the first four episodes. But anyway, this movie came out. Um, it's only not even like an hour and a half long. And we just found this out. There was a sequel to it that I think we might revisit in the future. I think we're going to have to. Yeah. I mean, the the title of the second one is called Captain America 2, Death Too Soon. And they really could have just been Captain America, Death Too Soon. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Yeah, they really blew it on that yeah, one. Yeah, they wanged they, themselves. They, they weren't um, aware of the Too Fast, Too Furious films that would be coming in the, in the future. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they're not the only kind of company that that doesn't do what they should in that regard. Cause like you have, now you see me and then the sequel was now you see me too. Yes. Um, when really it should have just been now you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's blowing it. Yeah. They really yeah. need to consult us before they try to name their sequels is what kind of what we're getting at. Yeah. I mean, we're totally available for birthdays, um, anniversaries, weddings. Just give us a call. You can find our information, in the doobly doo. No, I'm actually very busy. Very, very busy. All right, do you want to take us away? Sure do. Okay, so this movie stars Reb Brown. Rebel old Reb. Good old, good old Reb Brown. You can always count on him. What is that short for? Reb. Rebel. Rebel. What is Reb short for? Reb. That, <laughs> oh, Robert. What? That. His his name is Robert Brown, but people call him Reb. That's cool. I I kind of like unusual nicknames like that. So, I mean, I guess. Way to go, Reb Brown. So the movie starts out with um, Captain America driving in a van over a bridge. Then I wrote, still driving, because he's driving for I don't know a couple minutes. It was a long time. It seemed like a very long time. He finally parks his very cool van in front of Jerry's, which is like a surf shop or something. I'm assuming, yeah. Like that. He talks to some guy who maybe works at Jerry's and maybe is just a friend. I we don't know. Yeah, I was really confused, but he picks his mail up from this guy. Yeah. So he talks to that guy. And he talks about how he was in the Marines, but now he's just chilling. And then he gives the guy a piece of art. 
I wrote on here, we're shipping it because we're like, are they going to like get together at some point? This movie has some, like in the very beginning of it, there were some really intense homoerotic like moments. Yeah. It was, it was, I was like, whoa. That's cool. Did we rent the right movie? Yeah. It was almost like, uh. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was almost like, it was like. The guy shows up for pizza and you're like, well, I don't have any way to pay for this. Like, it was almost that bad. It did feel that way, for sure. And part of it, too, is because, like, the Reb, I don't know where they got a lot of these actors, mm-hmm. but some of them were not that strong. And so, like... Including Reb Brown. Yeah. he Like, when he gave him the picture, he was just, hey, I have a thing for you. And it was just, like, this weird... And I think that's what made it seem yeah. kind of like the beginning of a porno. Like, it was just the really awkward pauses and stuff yeah. like that. And we never saw that guy again. Right. I'm assuming he, he's Jerry. I'm going to call him Jerry, <laughs> even though I'm never going to mention him again. Yeah, sounds good. A guy in a blue car drives up. The other guy gives Steve an envelope. The other guy being Jerry. Simon <laughs> Mills is contacting him. Captain America looks at a telegram and looks concerned. He asks... <laughs> kind of, kind of. He, he has three emotions He tries to look concerned. He asks to use the phone, and so Steve calls Jeff, who is not Simon Mills. Jeff wants him to come to his house, which was another yeah. reason why we were like, uh, yeah, is something like, going to happen at this house? Because he goes, he's like, I need you to come over. Are you okay? Yeah, just come over tonight at nine o'clock. Like, oh, it yeah. was, it was, it was, it was strange. So, the guy in the blue car, he starts the car and he follows the van that Steve Rogers is driving in, and they're heading to Thousand Oaks. The blue car then moves past the van, and now there's some construction. The blue guys, the the. I think I called him blue car guy for a while. Blue car guy is parked. The construction guy is in on something. He holds up the stop sign. The construction guy. The guy that holds up the stop sign. Oh, okay, okay. They're, when they were they were driving on the road. Yeah. And then there and was... Then that they, construction. They, yeah, okay. That guy. Yeah, I gotcha. He tells Steve to take a detour up the mountain, and then he starts digging a hole. <laughs> the construction folks then close the road uh so no one else goes up there because yeah because they suspicious well because well the guy in the blue car walkie-talkied them and was like he's there close it off right Mm -hmm. yeah blue car guy calls a guy in a truck truck guy turns the discharge pump on oh no the road is gooey Suspenseful music. Guy in truck smiles a little. Steve is driving still. Oh no, it's slippery. He's swerving. Spins around for a while, but ends up driving off the hill. But I'm going to pause really quick, though. Do you remember how calm he was? Yeah. (laughs) So, here's a side, side note. When you were growing up and you took driver's ed, what did that look like? Like, what was your driver's ed class like? I don't know exactly what you're asking. Okay, so for me, we had, in the summer, you would take, like, it was part of the school, and they'd have, like, a summer school driver's ed class. And so you'd go there, you'd take your driver's ed course, and then when you got done with that, you'd get your learner's permit, and then you'd have to go and get, like, a certain number of hours driving with supervision. And I just remember during that, one of the things I remember, or I remember three things. One of them is that I remember our... The guy who taught it, who was also our woodshop teacher, all, like he told us that a car is actually a death trap and you should never feel safe in it. That was okay. one thing I remember. The second mm-hmm. thing I remember, we had to watch one of those videos about like the dangers of alcohol and people, they were like death videos and people getting like super injured, but half of them didn't even involve cars. Okay. And the girl, one of them, the, my classmates, she passed out and she, her mom was the other teacher in the class. The third thing I remember uh, was very much like when you're swerving, don't overcorrect Mm -hmm. and like don't freak out. 
You're right. This guy did that so well. He, he had it down. Like, to the point that he, he, I would say he just wasn't acting very well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't that he was that good at not overcorrecting. <laughs> yeah. But what was your driver's ed class like? And now I'm just curious. I mean, I think the setup was kind of similar. I don't remember it that well. Yeah, like, I think we had maybe a couple classes, like, on the weekend... Just to, like, more of a lecture kind of thing, like a presentation. And then, yeah, we'd have, like, supervised driving, and we had to get so many hours to get whatever. Um, I was not big into learning how to drive, so I don't remember a whole lot of it. I do remember that my driver's head instructor um, asked me to drive through somewhere for him to get him a sandwich. But other than that, I I don't remember too much from my driver's ed, I guess. I do remember that I did so bad on the parallel parking that I wasn't allowed to continue. Wow. Yeah, because, like, the way that we practiced, I was with the, the female teacher, and she had, like, her car, like, two of her cars that we were gonna practice parallel parking with. And one of the car was, like, this really specific so i think like her dad had some kind of medical thing going on so it was like one of those that had a, a chair lift or something in it and so i was trying to parallel park and i just i guess wasn't doing it right and she like did that like stop 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 and slammed on her brake uh, like the brake that they had you know i don't think my guy had a brake oh yeah she did and then she just i just remember her going like okay we'll just we'll just move on I was like, okay. And I still got my license, but I never parallel park, though. Huh. Well, I mean, you don't really need to parallel park where you're from, right? No, no. Yeah. Everything (laughs) is like a mile away, so at at max. Yeah. Well, this was a fun little chat about learning how to drive. Um, Should we get back to Oh, yeah, Steve Steve Rogers Rogers on the slippery goo He was on the slippery goo, and he fell off the hill. Yeah, it like very it's funny how the action scenes in this movie are so subdued compared to like nowadays. Mhm. Cuz it kind of just rolled like it wasn't that Yeah. Kind of casually rolled off the Yeah, hill. and then it landed upright. Yeah. But thankfully his motorcycle was safe. His motorcycle was safe, but his shirt was not. <laughs> do you recall the I shirt? do, yeah, cuz he just like kind of walked out a little dazed. Yeah. And he had, like, two really weirdly placed rips on his shirt. I wrote here, he has hurt his neck. You can tell because he's rubbing it. Steve Rogers comes to see Dr. Mills. Dr. Mills said Steve was a motocross expert. Really quick, though, before you go on, what was funny about this moment is there are so many old white dudes with black hair. We had to stop the movie and rewind, like, ten minutes because we didn't, we like weren't sure which old white guy with black hair was which. It, it was, it was really bizarre. Yeah, it was really confusing. But anyway, yeah, we do find out he's a was a motocross and motorcycle expert. He's he's a pro, I guess. He's also a painter. Yes. And a marine. He can do all of the he's things. He's a renaissance he's man. Everything we strive to be, except the Little marines. Rena- <laughs> yeah. Steve Rogers. Dad worked with Dr. Mills on experiments. And so Dr. Mills was talking about his father's research, talked about how he developed a steroid slash super hormone that he called FLAG, full latent ability gain. And then he talks about how science says that Men only use, like, a third of their capacity or something. Yeah. So it's one, it's of, one those. of those movies. Yeah. I just I just realized something. Because for the longest time, I'm like, why is the acronym FLAG? Is it because is it he's Captain, like, America? And it's, like, the American flag? That, that's what I was assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I just got that. <laughs> I caught on to that before you. Yeah, you that's sure did. That's a big did. deal. Simon shows him a buff rat. And also, <laughs> and also a very speedy rat. He says oh, the, the one that was gonna die. He says the rats are dying. It's because they're so buff and speedy. They're so buff and speedy. So all of these test animals have been given the flag 
stuff, but then they die within like two weeks. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. Science stuff. Mills needs to use Steve because of genetics. Yes. Do you remember that? Or do you need me to fill that in? It was like his dad made the stuff out of his own body. So they needed someone that also had that DNA or something. Well, yeah, it was he so the dad made it and for some reason they the whole the big thing, the reason the rats were so strong but so weak. So buff. I mean, isn't that just like a, a metaphor for life in America today? So strong and so, so weak. So strong. Um, something about like cell rejection. So like they had the serum, but then your cells would reject it and then lead you to just die. And for some reason, I guess the dad, because it was his own goo, it his, his body didn't reject it. And they're like, well, if there's somebody that was already kind of that guy to begin with, then it should work fine. So let's test it on you, is I think where that was coming from. Yes, gotcha. Dr. Wendy Day comes in and says, Simon <laughs> has an important phone call. She talks to Steve. Steve's father dying was the worst for everyone. <laughs> Steve said he liked his dad. What, wasn't there like a weird yeah. comment where he was just like, yeah, I liked him. Or... He, you know, he went off on this weird tangent because the... Simon said that his him Simon losing says, <laughs> Simon goes losing your dad was a big loss to to a lot of people you know that right and he's then he goes into that tangent where he goes well you know my dad really was a great man but you know what he was more than that to me he was my dad he was my dad it was something cuz he yeah. had that weird he occasionally goes into a southern accent yeah and i think that was that moment yeah, that was pretty good. So they, meaning Dr. Wendy Day and Simon Mills, want Steve to do some tests to figure out if they can give him the goo. Or do they want to give him the goo and then give him do tests or whatever? Well, it sounded like Simon was like, we're like really pretty sure that you won't die if we inject you with this mystery goo, so can we? <laughs> and then we'll just kind of work from there. He talks about the military, and then he also talks about how he wants to be an artist. <laughs> he wants to find out who he is. He wants to find his identity. I want to wake up every day not hoping for the weekend and drive around the country and maybe get some of it on canvas. Yeah, doesn't that just sound like the dream that, yeah, it that is. no one can have? <laughs> well, he's a white dude, so... <laughs> Steve says no to the doctors and scoots on out. Steve busts into Jeff's house <laughs> and asks if he's there. He unzips his jacket, which also made us think that it might turn into porn. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't. It never did. Um, he walks up the stairs with shifty eyes, so something suspicious. I commented a lot on just kind of the actions or behaviors that occurred and why you were supposed to feel a certain way. Well, and, and also, one thing I, I told you last night was that this movie very much feels like it is in two different decades, like very 70s and very 80s. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really, like, hammers that home is this feels like an 80s movie with the sound effects. Mm -hmm. And every time there was something that they made, they wanted the audience to feel, like, suspicious or something. Yeah. They, there's this weird, like noise and we'll, yeah and this was like around that moment because he's just like breaking into this guy's house and he's walking around and then mm -hmm. he has not changed any of his really his acting skill no aside from the shifty eyes yeah and then the music is dun 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 <laughs> he walks into some sort of office and it looks jumbled <laughs> there's a fire going Steve looks at a thing which was which ended up being the camera. Like a very small, sophisticated camera is what they said. Yeah. And then he finds Jeff, who's not doing so good. No, he's he's not doing too hot. Not so good. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Jeff says, Catherine, Jeff is no more. <laughs> 
hold on. So Jeff said Catherine. Yeah. And then he died. Jeff is no more. Yeah. Or that's wait, how he I said, decided. Oh, okay, okay. I that's thought how he, I decided to word that. Okay, I thought you meant he like held on to, to Reb and was like, Catherine, Jeff is no more. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> nope. Jeff says Catherine, period. Jeff is no more, period. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so Jeff is dead. Steve tries the phone, doesn't work, so he heads out. Well, but we what you forgot to say, though, is while all this is happening, there's a shifty man in a closet watching him from afar. You're right. But just now, my next note is a guy comes out of the closet oh, okay. and grabs something and leaves. But you're right that he did enter earlier. Steve says, please, please hurry. Pretty much just like that. Yeah, you nailed that. Um, and then blinks a lot. After talking on the phone with the emergency department. Mr. Brackett is someone who is, like, this is our first time meeting him, right? Yeah. Mr. Brackett enters the research and development uh, building of the Andreas Oil Company. Brackett, concerned about film, meets up with the guy from the blue car. Both concerned about the film. They're talking about... How Steve Rogers, these notes aren't aren't very coherent. I can fill in the blanks. Okay. They're talking about Steve Rogers thought they got him with the oil on the road. They don't want him to get the serum. Yeah, because remember, like, they mentioned the oil on the road thing? Uh-huh. Really weird. Like, yeah. I thought we had that when we put oil I on the sure road. I sure thought that we got him when we put that oil on the road back there. Remember when... Hey, audience, we, remember when we we were the ones responsible. Us? We were the ones If who... you had any confusion, <laughs> we put the goo on the road. The film seems increasingly important. They're trying to make a neutron bomb, but they're missing something from the film. The film, the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They say the film a lot. Yeah, they do. And they also... Because they took from his desk the camera and a desk calendar. Simon comes to Jeff's house. Rogers meets with the FBI. We find out that, or we think we find out, that Catherine was killed in a plane crash, Catherine being Jeff's wife, um, and that Jeff has a daughter as well. Oh, this, this was a good part. The FBI wanted Rogers to look around the room to figure out oh, if it yeah. looks the same as it did last time, and he takes like two seconds to, like, shift his eyes around the room. And he's like, mm, yeah, it looks about the same. No, no, no. Really take your time. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's when he points out that the camera and a desk calendar are missing. Marsha Brady finds out her dad <laughs> is dead. Uh, Marsha Brady is uh, Tina, who is Jeff's daughter. Yes. She just kind of looked like Marsha a little she bit. She did. When, I mean, it's just the style of clothing, I think. I was going to say, stuff. like, white or, like, blonde-haired, like, long blonde-haired teenagers with bell-bottoms in the 70s look like Marsha Brady. Right. She says, why, Steve? Why? She cries. He consoles. She kind of cries. He kind of consoles. <laughs> yeah, like, she did not seem that upset about her dad dying. Doctor says he gave Marsha a sedative. <laughs> Let's calm down this hysterical woman. Oh, she's, my God. She's so upset for some reason. It's like somebody died. I don't know. <laughs> Can you believe it? Steve and Simon chat, but Steve says he doesn't want to get involved. Steve is upset about Jeff. We can tell because he looks at a picture on the mantle. <laughs> Simon says there's a project called Zeus. Steve says, I can't believe it. I won't believe it. And then looks at the photo on the mantle again. Oh, wait, no, you missed it. Yeah, you can. The funniest part was he goes, because this is kind of where you find out that Simon in some capacity works for a super secret organization. And so then Simon goes, I'm a part of a super secret organization. We've been working on something so top secret and classified. Only me, Wendy Day, and the president know. It's called Zeus. And then Steve Rogers goes, 
oh, I've never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) But I don't want to be involved. You know, I just think Zeus. To me, he was more than just Zeus. He was a story character. He was my friend. (laughs) Steve answers the phone that's ringing. The blue car guy called and told him to meet at a gas station. So he goes to the gas station on his sweet motorcycle. He looks around. A car pulls up. He squints. There's a lot of, like, really close-ups on this guy's face, so I pointed that out sometimes. Steve asks who the guys are. They want to know about the film. The film, the film. Suspenseful music. He gets on a motorcycle and leaves. He drives away. The car is chasing after him. Suspenseful. He falls off the hill. Motorcycle crashes. Bursts into flame. And this is one of those moments in film, I always love these, where a body has to fall, and then it's very clearly a mannequin. Oh, yeah. It was one of those moments. It was great. (laughs) It was good. Captain America in the hospital. Doc says, it's very bad. (laughs) Medically. (laughs) In my medical opinion, it's very bad. (laughs) I think that's uh, an exact quote, but I'm not for sure. Medically, he's dead. Simon wants to do the flag serum. And then I said unethical because he said no. And that's what the woman, like Wendy Day said. Right. Well, no one listens to Wendy Day. She's the woman. Simon injects him with the flag goo. Steve grabs Simon and won't let go. The doctors look at the blood sample and there's no cell rejection. Huzzah. Steve is awake and talking to Simon. Simon tells him about the goo. Steve says he doesn't want to be involved in the flag stuff. Simon is mad. You can tell because of the way he opened the door and looked back at Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Steve can leave in the morning, and he notices he has hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when he was talking with Simon, right when he told him, I kind of went against your wishes and I injected you full of this mystery goo. Mm -hmm. By the way, some side effects might include super strength, And a bunch of other things that we're not really sure yet. Yeah. Blue car guy brings in a gun and tells him to come with him. Steve and company are surrounded by hanging hogs. They ask for the film, the film, the film. He says he doesn't know what they're talking about. They still want the film. Is this in the meat locker? Yeah. Okay. Steve beats them up, then ziplines on a meat hook. Steve's hidden in the pork. Can we stop for just a Absolutely. second? Absolutely, Because this was my favorite scene. This was definitely the best scene. Well, this is one of the best scenes, I think, for me. It's like the top three. But the music in this scene was the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't remember it very well. You I don't guess. remember the music? Not really. I'm going to do the best. Okay, please do. Okay, this is my interpretation of the music. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay. I remember it now. It's like one of those, um, what's those things they had? Um, they're like plastic tubes and you like turn them and they made that sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like colorful plastic tubes that you could get at like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They sound like a chicken kind of. It's like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. That was the instrument they used. Yeah, it sounded like that. Like, it sounded like they just kind of figured out how to use synthesizers with guitars. Yeah. And then it was just, boo, boo. <laughs> and it was the, oh my God, it was great. I loved it. Anyway, he's ziplining on a meat hook. Yes. So the the guys are looking for him because he's hidden inside. The, he's hidden by carcasses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve again notices that he has a hand. He just, like, looks at his fist. Then he pushes some pork and smashes a guy. He slides around a lot of pigs. He hangs guys on meat hooks. Steve, on the phone, says, Hurry, I think they're getting a bad case of frostbite. Boom! Boom! And this is what's interesting, too. I noticed this. One of the bad, like... So in the hierarchy of the villains here, there's the bracket dude, and then there's the other two guys, like the two henchmen. Mm-hmm. 
so one of the henchmen was in the meat locker, who I thought was pretty prominent, and then you just never, he's never mentioned again. Right. Ain't that just the way? I guess so. I guess they left him out in the cold. Dang. Get it? Because it was a meat locker? Yeah. Okay. You didn't say anything. That's why I was... Well, because the thing is that Captain America already made that joke. Yeah, that's true. It's already been done. He beat me to it. Good old Reb. <laughs> good old Reb. Now he's drawing. Simon says he's pretty good. Steve says he wanted to be an artist. Until Simon messed things up for him. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Ruining people's dreams of just chilling Drive. out and drawing scenery. Driving in a van to, down by the river to draw some pictures. Draw some good stuff. Now, obviously, we're both in the arts, so we believe art is important. But this guy's dream is a little skewed. Yeah, it, it'll work for six months, maybe. Captain America breaks a pencil to show his strength. So strong. <laughs> he did a, He did this a couple times where he did a thing that was not that impressive. <laughs> like, he got to the... Because this whole conversation he had with Simon, he was like, you know, sometimes I just think, man, if I do something a little too hard, I could kill somebody. And then he takes a pencil and he breaks it to show mm-hmm. the, his point. And Simon just kind of looks at him. And in my head, I'm. it reminds me of, like, when you're teaching somebody... And you listen to him, and you're like, that's not... I mean, you got there, but the route you got uh-huh. was not right. Like, anybody can break a pencil by just kind of squeezing in the right way. Yeah. I'm enjoying your impression of the Reb, <laughs> because it almost sounds like Hank Hill a little bit. You know, just the American dream there is just... Uh... Now, that's Obama, I think. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, hope, you know, gotta have What what was the thing he always said? I, I can't Obama or Hank Hill <laughs> <laughs> Propane and propane accessories Simon and Captain America have a nice walk along the beach Dad was original Captain America Oh, snap What, 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 what Simon offers Steve a job He entices him with weapons he gives him a drawing of Captain America. Oh, yeah. The, Steve yeah. gives Simon a picture that he drew of Captain America. Then Simon says, can I keep it? <laughs> he literally just yeah, gave it to you, so yeah. I'm pretty sure he goes, why don't you keep this for your scrapbook? <laughs> and then he takes it. And he's like, can I have this? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just said, dude. I just said that. Captain America and Wendy are on the beach, we think, right? It's Wendy, right? Yeah, that I was got, Wendy. I got Wendy and Tina confused. Interesting side note, I just looked up. Apparently, Wendy was also in the original Sound of Music. Wow. Yeah, she was the oldest daughter. Wow. Wendy is worried about him, and they smooch. Simon strolls up on the beach. Captain America thinks there's a mystery about Jeff's wife for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, because he kept saying, like, well, why would he say those words to me if it didn't mean anything? (laughs) Catherine. Why would he say Catherine? Why would he say his wife's name in his dying breath? That makes no sense. Yeah, weirdo. (laughs) Steve says, hey, you're a woman. Why don't you meet up? (laughs) (laughs) Steve says, hey, you're a woman Why don't you meet up with that Marsha Brady Oh, that's so funny Yeah, the the three of them were all talking And they're trying to figure out this mystery About the wife Yeah And so Steve's suggestion was that Wendy just go hang out with Tina at some point Yeah, I think it was that maybe she would know why Or maybe... Tina would have some clues. Right. Because the woman's mind is so intricate it's and complex. so elaborate. They gotta have Wendy to do it. Simon asks Steve if he's in or out. Give it a break, Simon. Simon brings Steve to his sweet new van. Oh, man, <laughs> it's all tricked out with sweet stuff. Steve smiles. There's a red, white, and blue motorcycle. Does it also make scrambled eggs? <laughs> 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 That's a thing he says. Uh, Yeah, he said that. 
Simon shows a giant frisbee and says it's a bulletproof shield. He throws it and it glides gently in the wind. <laughs> it comes back to Steve. So that's Captain America's shield. It's kind of just like a big popcorn bowl. Yeah, it looks kind of like plexiglass. Yeah. Or something. But it's bulletproof. Yeah, the, f- the funny thing is he talks about how deadly it is. And then it is just so gently gliding. Yeah. Steve then rides away on his motorcycle. He is a motocross expert after all. <laughs> Triumphant music. Random motorcycle ramp in a swamp. There are so many random swamp ramps. Yeah. So for a while, Steve's just riding around on his motorcycle and trying out all these different switches that are on it. And one of them's this silencer. So it makes his motorcycle silent somehow. I still don't understand why that wouldn't just be how the motorcycle would run. Yeah, you'd think. Like, it just doesn't make any sense that if you could make it quiet, why wouldn't you just make it quiet all the time? Yeah. Um, There's also a jet assist that makes him go fast. And then this person in a helicopter just, like, starts (laughs) shooting at him. And do we know the identity of this person? I think it's just supposed to be, like, henchmen of the oil company. Because it really just looks like, it's like a guy wearing flannel. Like, it's like they picked up a hunter. Like, just picked up someone who was looking for deer or something. Yeah. They were like, hey, would you rather shoot at a guy? And he's like, "Mm, yeah. From a helicopter? Sure. Man, you didn't even have to pay me. Yeah. Simon hops in a military vehicle. There's another random motorcycle ramp. Hold on. Really quick, though. I want to point out how weird this part is. Okay. So Simon takes Steve in the woods to show him his van, assuming that it's kind of a secluded location so he can... Because it's, like, all decked out in Captain America stuff, right? Like the motorcycle is. Mm -hmm. So they're alone... And then when this helicopter finds him some weird way, Simon literally just, like, snaps his fingers, and then a military van immediately pulls into frame. Yeah. Yep. Where were they? <laughs> like, what was going on? He's powerful, I guess. He's got people all in the right places. Oh, Captain America hops on the helicopter. He throws the guy with the shotgun out and throws him into the swamp. Is it really a swamp? I don't know. It's more like a small pond. Yeah. It just kind of looked kind of swampy, but... Captain America says his hearing and vision is also better due to the goo. And he asks, how much more again will there be? I think he... Captain America says hearing and vision is better and asks, how much more again will there be? I don't know what your notes say. I don't know. That's exactly what, he, what it says. What he asked, like what he was asking was, is there anything else that I'm going to get? And oh, is like yeah. my vision going to get even stronger now? Yeah. Like how, what are the other gains or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see Brackett and Tina chatting. He still wants the film. Oh, that's because he was, hold on. Sorry. Okay. Because he. You don't have to apologize. Because he was talking with his henchman in his office. And they were like, we still need to get the film. The film. The, the film, film. The film. The film. And the guy's like, well, how are we going to... The henchman goes, how are we going to get the film? The place is covering with cops. And then he just stops, looks out in the distance, and just goes, I think I have an idea. And then the next scene, he's just talking with he's the daughter. He's just talking to the daughter. I'm going to pretend like I'm a lady so I can get into the mind of this uh-huh. complex creature. <laughs> Tina talks about this hide-and-seek game that she used to play with her dad, which actually sounded kind of fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, like, we should start playing that. Our apartment's very small. They had a mansion. Yeah, but they were just hiding little notes. You could hide little notes anywhere. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't elaborate on that. I don't know if you want to or not. I, I mean, basically, it's worth mentioning. It, it was just a vehicle to say where he hid the film because mm-hmm. she's like, I hid it in one spot that was so crazy that he couldn't find it. It was in his fishing poles. So then the film was... Yeah, then the guy's like, yeah. oh, let's go check the fishing poles then. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. There's the film. The doorbell rings. Tina heads down. It's Wendy. Brackett calls Simon and says Tina and Wendy are with him. 
Science guy gently places a cylindrical ice cube into the neutron bomb. Captain America's super hearing helps them find out about Bracket. I don't remember how that worked. How he found out that it was Bracket? Yeah. So, like, when he was calling, saying he kidnapped Wendy and Tina, in the background there was, like, an intercom that was like, move truck to PA-37. Then Steve told Simon, well, you know, when I was listening to that phone call, I, well, gosh darn it, I think I heard over the intercom it said, move truck over to PA-37. And then they were like, oh, snap, that seems like it might be an oil company. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Simon pulls out a costume. Uh, this is the Captain America costume. Yes. It was pulled out at an hour and 12 minutes into the movie. How long is the movie? Like an hour and 40 minutes, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. They're so long and no Captain America. All I wanted was Captain America. Then Steve says, oh, it looks like my drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the bad guys are setting up the bomb. Steve drives to the oil company. There he goes in his motorcycle. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Wait, was this before he said the most homoerotic line of the whole movie, like, several times? What? He was like... I don't think I wrote any Oh, man. No, this one was the bad one, where they were deciding on whether or not he should go and, like, fight crime down there. And he said something like... It's time for me to go and jam Captain America down their throats. Oh, yeah. He said it like yeah. three times. Yeah. Yeah. And then Simon did. repeated it and was like, yeah. Yeah. You should jam Captain America down their throats. So strange. Any hoozle. So he's driving on his bitchin' motorcycle. Yeah. There's more triumphant music and ramps and motorcycle stuff. Uh, he sneaks in and the security guard says, hey, <laughs> Steve can super jump. He jumps really high. Yeah. It was kind of fun. The security guard doesn't know where he is. Oh, the first black guy. One hour and 16 minutes, 46 seconds into the movie. Unnamed policeman number three. Yep. You can't say they weren't progressive. Right. Yeah, right? We put one guy in there. How many do you guys need? Security guards are after him, but they can't take him with that sweet bulletproof shield. Captain America gets them with oil. It's so slippery. He smiles. Oh, that was like the Three Stooges mm -hmm. slipping on oil bit. Yeah, so good. He like pulls. He pulls the. It's like some kind of piping mm, unit kind of from pipe the ground that holds the oil or something. And he, like, breaks it off because he's so strong. And then it, like, turns something on and makes this oil spill. And then, oh, no, it's so slippery. Yeah, very Home Alone-ish. Yeah. I mean, they already used slipping on oil earlier. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I mean, I guess it is about an oil it company. It is an oil company. Captain gets the scientist guy and asks where the girls are. He gives up information very easily. The scientist guy gives up information very yeah. easily. He's not one of those who's like, I won't tell you anything. He's just like, oh, yeah, the women are in here. Was yeah. this the, the part where he got really sleepy? I think it's coming. Okay. I think. Let, let me look real quick because that's important to note. Oh, it's later. Oh, okay. Um, I said, wow, he's so strong. You can tell because he just mangles the lock of a cabinet. <laughs> he finds a confidential file. He pulls the scientist along. You can tell he's strong because he pulls a door off its hinges <laughs> and he gives Wendy the file. Captain asks where Brackett is and what he's going to do. We find out it's a neutron bomb and they're all going to die. This is when the guy falls asleep. Yeah, he so Captain holds the scientist by the scruff of his collar like in the air against the, the wall of the silo and he's interrogating him. And not doing anything, I does he pass out? Like, I don't know what happens, but he just kind of goes, it's in Phoenix. And he, then he just kind of slumps tired. over. Yeah, he got tired. Yeah, he's a very sleepy boy. Yeah. I mean, it's probably really hard making a new Trino bomb. Right. Wendy, Simon, and Captain America are trying to figure out 
why they're doing the stuff with the bomb, which is what we've been trying to figure out this whole time, too. Yeah, this is like with, like with 30 minutes left in the movie. The neutron bomb only kills people, so it won't destroy the gold that they are apparently after. Yeah, and like a bank vault or something. Captain America is flying in a helicopter. Which road will they take? The old road. Three hours of him flying in a helicopter. Three more years of flying in a helicopter. And then zoom, zoom on the motorcycle. Sporadic shots of helicopter and motorcycle. This is just kind of my version of the pew, 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 pews from our from, episodes uh, of the more recent movies. What was the really bad one? Um, Avengers. Yeah. Had, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're, I really wonder genuinely how many minutes of just them in a helicopter it had to have been at least five to seven minutes of just helicopter right. footage. Yeah. They're like, hey, we got this helicopter for this movie. We should probably put it in there for a lot. We have it for one day. We're we going to get our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America climbs on the truck. He's got a walkie-talkie. He tells Simon that he dropped his bike. You can tell he's strong because he bent a part of the truck. Like, he put the exhaust thing in the truck. So he could suffocate the guy. Yeah, so in the in the back of the truck, the semi, there's the bomb and sim or the bracket guy is in there and there's a little window in the corner and he bends the exhaust pipe to point into the window so it fills the CO two. But one thing you didn't mention that's really important is that I think Beckett has to be really close to the bomb at all times because he's wearing this super futuristic heart monitor thing right and if he dies then the bomb goes off yeah but captain doesn't know that he doesn't so know. he's poisoning him putting himself he at risk no yeah he is super strong so so strong <laughs> <laughs> i mean emotionally and physically so buff just like those rats <laughs> captain hits a guy with hits captain hits guys with the door they roll down a hill yeah, they, oh, the they yeah, because the guy's like, come open the door. Yeah. And they come and open the door, and Captain's like on top of it, mm-hmm. and then swings the door open, and it <laughs> knocks him down a hill. He gets on the walkie-talkie. He talks about some colored lights, and then Captain finds the device that you were just talking about, the device that's strapped to, what's his name's chest? Bracket. Bracket, yeah. Bracket. Beckett? Yeah, I was saying Beckett because Beckett is a playwright, and I've been talking about him in class a lot lately. Simon says, if he dies, we all die. And then he lands the helicopter and then runs to the truck. Simon injects Beckett with something, and everything's okay, I guess. Captain Simon and Tina and Wendy are all chatting at the end. We find out that Catherine is actually okay. Yeah, like, the movie really ended abruptly. As we expected it would. Because you find out that the reason that Joe was even working with Brackett was because he kidnapped his wife, Catherine. And everybody thought she was dead, but she was just kidnapped. And he was like holding her hostage because he was figuring out how to make this neutron bomb work. It was really weirdly shoehorned in at the very end. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so here's where I wrote... Captain America did jam himself down a few throats, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) He says if he's going to do it, he's going to do it right. He wants to do what his dad does, but also wants to look like him. That was the weirdest, like, I want to do it. I want to do it right. I want to not only be like my dad, I want to look like my dad. (laughs) And then he just dressed like Captain America at the end, right? Like, it just ended with him on a motorcycle as Captain America. Yeah. And then Simon says, magnificent. Yeah. The end. So, Captain America, 1979. Mm -hmm. What'd you you think? At first, I liked it better than the more recent ones. Like, I recognize that the more recent ones are quote-unquote better movies, but I was more entertained by this one at first. Then that helicopter scene came. And by scene, I mean several scenes, I guess. Just 
watching a helicopter fly for a while and also just watching a motorcycle drive for a while was not that exciting. That, to me, kind of replaced the pew-pew-pews of the newer ones. But otherwise, I think I think I may have enjoyed this movie experience more than the others. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Huh. I'm I mean, not for I, sure. I kind of get that, though, because these kind of movies seem to be... Like, ironic enjoyment, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, it was just kind of fun to poke fun at and stuff. Yeah. So what would you rate this? I don't know if I can... Can I? Can we rate these? I don't know. I mean, let, me put, it, let me put like, it this way. Would you recommend like, it to somebody else? Probably not. I don't know. I, I mean, that makes sense. I don't talk to that many people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if... Like, you know... I feel like you've recommended The Room to people before. True. You know what I mean? Like, would you recommend this movie to people? Probably not necessarily. I think I'm on the same page. It There were some really goofy moments. I think, for me, this movie, it started bordering on being so bad that it was getting a little boring mm-hmm. at times. You know, with The Room, it was so bad, but every scene was so fresh that it was always enjoyable birdemic was just so bad it was boring so bad like it was genuinely like no ironic enjoyment at all no it was goofy i think for me i probably there'd be a few people i could recommend this movie to like two people um but yeah i mean it was it's just i what i thought was funny is seeing how far movie making has come from this time period to you know where we're at now because, like, the stuff the audience just accepted back then made no sense. Yeah. And, like, the action scenes were so subdued compared to nowadays. I mean, it was fun, but it it's as good, I think, as you would expect looking at cover art. Right. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to our very first side quest episode, Captain America from 1979. Uh, we are planning on doing more of these in the future. Hopefully you guys like doing or listening to them as much as we like doing them. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Me. Who else would I be talking to? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. The cats don't care. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of Unmarvelous. Later, taters. Later. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions without... Any spoilers, please. You can email us at unmarvelouspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our social media. We are on Instagram at unmarvelouspodcast and Twitter at unmarvelouspod. Later, nerds. That's it. That's the episode. Yeah, that's there's yeah. No there's no thing. there's no that, that's silly it. thing. Yeah, it's okay. just we're done. Yeah. All right. But, but bye. Bye everyone. Later. Bye. Bye. Go hug your mom. <laughs> tell her. Tell her you like her. Yeah. I mean, you never know how long you have left on this earth. That's important. Yeah.